So, it's been a while, I think. Imagine this. A large door, and you push it open, and with all your might, and you see something before you. The Raconteur Collection. Hello everyone, welcome to the Raconteur Collection, Chapter 2, Episode 8. As you have seen by the title, this episode is about Castle in the Sky, a moodio, a moodio, a movie by Studio Ghibli. As you have stumbled blindly through the forest and uh, entered the dense thicket of the Raconteur Collection, you might be wondering... Hey, who is what is their what what is their intro music? Well, it's by Tyler Cunningham. You might be wondering, who am I listening to? Who is this? Well, my name's Charlie, and I'm joined by Jack, also in the bushes. You can see the glint of his eyes. Hello. <laughs> Push the branches like Hello. Go back in. <laughs> yeah, that was me going in and out of the bush. Everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. You can support us over on Patreon, Raconteur Collection. You can get a hold of us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Email us at raconteurcollection@gmail.com. Mm-hmm. All those great things. We got some exciting stuff coming out for you in March or the beginning of March. We've actually kind of switched. We had, I feel like, for the beginning of this podcast, we had a lot backed up. But for the last several, we've been recording them week to week. So if you ever have any questions or you want to be like, hey, man, they got this wrong in the last episode, or even if it's many episodes ago, just, you know, send us an email. Let us know what we got wrong. Let us know what we should have talked about. Always welcome to get a hold of us. And hey, while we're small, we'll probably read most things you send our way. So that's a that's a plus. Yeah, and I, I just want to interject real quick, real quick and say we might eventually get back to a small backlog, but I think we'll always keep it relatively mm-hmm. small. That way, if we do get something wrong or, you know, we do want to respond to your guys' feedback, it might just be like one episode, not like five right. episodes. So we might eventually get back to that backlog or just if you guys enjoy the more week-to-week interaction that we might be able to start implementing, depending on your questions and feedback, you know, that's something that we can talk about and Start yeah. doing one. It is. It is something. So before we jump into the mm. subject of this episode, which is all about Castle in the Sky, one of my favorite movies, Jack, how is uh, how has your week been since we last recorded? What's been going on? You know, the week's been fine. Uh, as most people know, uh, especially in the U.S., I mean, obviously our listeners are all over the world, but let's just say for a second that, you know, they're not. Uh, in the U.S., there's been like a huge ice storm and like snowstorm in the entire last U.S. Week. And it's wow. kind of 
no, it's in the, the south. Yeah, <laughs> south in the U.S. I I said south. Oh my gosh. Sorry, go ahead. Anyways, uh, and so we actually we lost power for like yeah. three hours at one point because they shut it off yeah. on purpose. Um, other than that, we've been relatively fine. Uh, are the neighbors behind us? Uh, their pipes burst and started leaking into our bathroom, and so we we had to get that fixed, and that was a lot of fun. And so, you know, we've had, like, some really cold days and cold nights, like, negative yeah. 5 degrees Fahrenheit, negative 7, negative 2, like, consistently. And so, it was frozen yeah. for a while. So, I mean, I'm just glad that we're out of that, getting nice and warm again. Um, you know, taxes coming back soon, hopefully funding the moving that we're going to be doing at the end of March. So, well, there you, you know, that's what we're all, that's, Yeah. It's been an exciting but kind of quiet week, Charlie. How about you? <laughs> that was a you did a good nice Charlie pause there, nice Charlie's pregnant pause. Oh, yeah. I, I've been really good, yeah. So we are. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? A good old Charlie's pregnant yeah, pause. We uh, so we're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and normally our winters are pretty mild. You know, some snow. Uh, this definitely has been probably the most mm. snow I've seen gone a long time. And, you know, like I know it's years. worse, like, down in Texas, where they also don't get a lot of snow. Um, mm-hmm. So for anybody listening that is, you know, in a state that gets a lot of snow, let me tell you, people do not know how to handle cold weather around here. Oh they drive gosh. like it's, you know, normal. It You know, the I when it started on Monday... Got low at last Monday, really, right? Um, yeah, last Monday. People were getting in wrecks. I had coworkers getting in wrecks. I had to go into work early. Like, it's just like, guys, like, what are you doing? Like, I, nobody really knows how to handle it, and like, there's no like infrastructure like really built in. And it's it's one of those things where it's like it's nice to get snowed in. Like, we were actually snowed in a couple days from work. <laughs> And it's just because like nobody really knows how to handle it, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Pipes are bursting everywhere. Yeah, and, and I mean like, yeah. And so luckily, like Laura was like, she was called in like two or three days because they're like, hey, we just our trucks can't make it right now, so just you know, we're no one's gonna go out and work today. I'm like, yeah, like no one's. We're not gonna go. She's gonna go out and like buy or not buy, but go you know, like organize beer and like risk another car wreck or whatever. You know what I mean? So. Like you go into a store, oh, I'm gonna go get some bread, some grilled cheese sounds good, you know. Go to, there, yeah. There's no bread, there's nothing like there's no bread, there's no water, there's like no crackers, yeah. there's nothing. So it's like, okay. And so then you look, and people have like like four or five things of like water bottles in their cart, or like three, four loaves of bread. I'm like, I know for a fact that two of those loaves of bread at least are oh, gonna yeah. go bad before yeah. you get to them. And I'm just like, people yeah. just panic by, and I mean. I, I, I will say I don't think I've been a victim of panic buying just yet, but at the same time, I don't think I'd ever be in a state where it's like, I need to buy right. four loaves of bread. Ooh. You know, because like, I don't know. I feel like you just, yeah, it's just a lot I, of bread. At what point is it just going to go bad? Even if, you know. like Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so other than the weather, uh, things have been pretty good around here. I've been... Since the beginning of January, um, Kate and I have started working out 
and that's been continuing going on strong it's been uh you know it's been nice i haven't really noticed any like changes like because i'm a bigger guy so i don't really notice any like changes like really but i feel better which is nice and it's uh something yeah you, you yeah and it's definitely something that i've like started to look forward to like I really enjoy working out. Like I like how it actually turns off my brain for a little bit. Like I just don't think about anything else and mm-hmm. I can focus on that. And then of course, like afterwards you're like, man, I really did something. And, um, uh, so yeah, you just down a <laughs> bottle of water. Yeah. Like, oh, so yes. we've been, uh, we've been doing that. That's been going great. Uh, I just got a couple weeks ago, finished the, yeah, the rewrite of the book I'm working on. And I'm going through and editing it now. So congratulations. Look forward to that. I'm sure I'll talk about that more as it goes along. I know I've talked about it before, but I'm definitely ready to work on something else and have other people read this book mm-hmm. because like it's it's gotten to that point to where it's like I think it's good and everything, but at the same time, man, like I it's just me. Like and I need somebody yeah. else. I need some outside input. Yeah, and I mean it's 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 also time for you to like start working on something else because like with anything, the more you look at it, the more like yeah, I could do this better. I could do this better, and then you just keep like you know overthinking and over like like no, like no one else has even looked at it yet. You might just be overthinking, it, right? You know, you know what I mean. So yeah, I look forward to hopefully mm-hmm. getting my hands on this next copy and giving yeah. us some feedback. So. We'll say I hit so the first draft of it was like uh, a little bit over a hundred thousand words this second draft is wow like a hundred and seventy thousand words so almost double almost double the length oh my goodness and uh yeah so it's it's been really it's been really fun i mean i really like and i you know to kind of connect it to what we're going to be talking about i was and i have been and still you know am to like a big extent really inspired by castle in the sky and i'll kind of get into that later but that's kind of how my week has been i mean it's been pretty easy pretty slow i mean not not a whole lot's going on nice. i mean just trucking along working on the stuff that's going to be coming mm-hmm. out in march the tales of ephemera and my writing podcast chapters i mean you know we're just we're just going we're we're going for, we're going for it yeah and I mean, I've been I've been getting back into making yeah. music again and trying to you know learn some new things, and so that might Charlie's been doing a lot on the Patreon over there. So I might be I might do some like you know special early releases of like if I ever like really get into it, like some yeah. music there, you know, or oh, on yeah. a podcast. You never know. So, anyways, anyways, let's get into the the meat, the meat of this trial. Let's get into the main course. The meat podcast starts at ten minutes. By the way, <laughs> there are other podcasts that are way worse. Everybody. All right, we have an hour, 45 minutes in, and here's our subject. Everybody, right, this week, the Ractor Collection, we're talking about Castle in the Sky. Castle in the Sky came the out, or, you know, it's funny, I always have referred to it as Castle in the Sky. The uh, actual title is Lapita Castle in the Sky. Interesting. I mean, it's just, yeah. you're just missing one Um, word. It came out <laughs> in a... Uh, 1986, and it is written and directed by how how I don't know how Miyazaki, and is actually the first film produced by uh, Studio Ghibli. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Really, and uh, mm. you know we 
I think I was talking with Jack before we started, and we're going to try to kind of cover this in a different way rather than going beat by beat through the story. Um, I'm kind of going to assume that most people who are going to listen to this have seen it before. And if you haven't seen it, it is available on, yeah, spoilers, spoilers. and it's available on HBO Max. It's actually the, probably the easiest time to find it. For a long time, it was hard to find mm-hmm. these movies unless you like owned a copy of it. So, yeah, I will say if you have a VPN, you connect to the UK mm. Netflix and Studio Ghibli movies are on the UK Netflix. So, yeah, that's how we watched it. So, Jack, I'll toss it over to you first. Give me the overview. Like, mm-hmm. what did you think of this movie? What did you think of this movie? How would you rate this movie? Where does this kind of fall in like the, uh, you know, the echelon of movies you've seen and go from there? Mm hmm. So I was like, Castle in the Sky is a movie that I remember watching when I was like really young, uh, but I don't really, I never, I didn't remember many details from the movie other than like the grenade launcher that they had, the robots that are in the movie. Um, and like, that's kind of it, you know, just like the cool like, visuals and art style of it. Uh, visually, the movie is very appealing. It's kind of a, it's, I'm pretty sure it's all hand drawn. I don't think it's really, you know, much is done digitally. Uh, the backgrounds are very beautiful. Soundtrack uh, in the movie is good as well, but a little less, like, it doesn't really stand out much as compared to later Studio Ghibli movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just my opinion. Um, I can't really like, remember, like, many main tracks from that or, like, you know, kind of hum the melody or anything. Well, can I cut in uh, here real quick yeah, about the soundtrack? Yeah, uh, so, interestingly, the, and I don't, I'm pretty sure the version that's on HBO, the uh, composer, Joe Hisashi, was, he was actually, he did like a, the original track is like a 60 minute electronic orchestral score. And later on, he would go on to do Mm -hmm. like a 90 minute, like symphonic orchestral score to make the movie more palatable to like American audiences. And so I do think Mm -hmm. like, it's funny, I wish I should have done more research into like kind of telling some of the differences apart, but I think both tracks are great. But yeah, the the soundtrack, there's a couple moments I think that really stand out strong. But yeah, the soundtrack is not as memorable as in like I would say like Spirited Away or um, How's Moving Castle. I think those definitely have like soundtracks that I, you know, I can think of more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and yeah, so... Uh, the characters, I think all the characters are really, like, they're good characters. Um, a lot of fun to watch them kind of, no character really goes through, like, a huge change. But, like, you know, like, you kind of, you see someone, you, like, they're on screen for, like, a few minutes, even a few seconds, and you kind of, you get them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and that's something that like, I think is really unique about this movie is that you should kind of get the character. Even when you see the pirates come in, you're like, they don't seem all that bad but you're kind of like but they're like doing the bad thing so you're kind of like well they might be they're probably bad but then like but they're pirates you know what i mean so uh i enjoy the characters a lot um not not a ton of humor in the movie which is you know which is fine um i will say i think the movie stands about a strong 7.5 for me um just kind of my etch if i had to give it like a rating um but like that being said, I'm not the biggest movie no, guy, yeah. and so 
if I had to choose, this would be in like my top fifteen okay. movies. Okay. So I mean, you know, it's it's up there. I definitely do enjoy. It. I enjoy all of Studio Ghibli's movies yeah. that I've seen. So, gotcha. I think I think it's good. It has a lot to offer if you haven't seen it yet. Mm. Definitely, we'll say that. Well, you know, for me, I've already I guess kind of given away a little bit. I absolutely love this movie. I, uh, I mean, from the first time I saw it to no I mean when I watched it for this podcast um just a quick follow-up on the soundtrack so the hbo version does use the original score so it uses that more uh you know electronic orchestral score which i you know i think mm-hmm. both are fine um like i said i didn't really do a lot of research into it i yeah i sorry oh, go ahead come on no, I was just saying, like, you didn't do it. Oh, like, no, yeah, I didn't, like, do side-by-side comparisons listening to the uh, audio. But, you know, for me, I, to kind of echo off, you know, some of your, I, the story of this movie, I really like. I really love kind of the setting of it and the world of it. And I love how in the beginning you kind of get a, as, like, the credits are rolling, you kind of get these beautiful illustrated uh, sections of like history how you can kind of see like humanity going mm-hmm. into these airships you can see them start to fall you can see people leaving and that kind of i think is really well done and i it, i think this movie has really informed kind of my love and those weird blendings of like setting to where you have you know this movie has like airships and stuff like that and then it but it, then it seems like Things mm-hmm. like cars and, you know, there, there's some trains in this movie, but it's like not a lot of people use cars. It's more like airships and they have like these, you know, very sophisticated things that yeah. they can do with airships. But in other aspects there, it's very like, I don't know, like almost pre like the beginning of like industry and stuff. So I like it feels like a weird like setting for like you know almost like mm-hmm. world war one kind of that's yeah. what the setting feels like but you know but not because like it's yeah cars are like super rare mm-hmm. and i mean but they're like these giant like yeah. tank trains and there are like these elaborate fortresses and there are airships that people still use but then there's like these huge monstrous mm-hmm. like military airships you know and so it's just it's a really weird mesh of different technologies and so it's it's cool what this kind of world deems you know like this is technically like ancient technology yeah. but it's like it was way superior than us but still it's still ancient and we just don't understand it yeah anymore, and that basically you know i think you hit on really you hit the nail on the head there that idea that there is this old technology that at one time you know put humanity in the sky and, you know, since whatever happened during the fall, we don't really know, but nobody really uses it anymore. And you kind of get it hints at the fact that, you know, humans kind of reach too high, kind of a very like Icarus story where they reach too high and they got so much destructive power that kind of like the rhetoric is that, oh, we, you know, humans are meant to be in the sky. Like we haven't earned that yet. Like we need to watch ourselves. I mean, you get a little bit of that with, uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember his name, but the character that like the minor guy who's like blind and they, they find him after the great scene. Oh 
Yeah, you, Uncle, you Pom, Uncle yeah. Pom. The uh, that scene, you know, I fantastically animated scene where the the pirates are chasing them across the rail tracks and then get stopped. <laughs> the whole rail is falling and <laughs> oh, all the anim- all the motion oh, yeah. animation in this movie is so like mm-hmm. well done. Like that's one thing I do kind of miss from like newer movies is like just how detailed some of these old you know hand drawn yeah. uh, movies were and so it was just it's really cool to see like they're shooting like all these guns and yeah. the tracks falling and like you know cans are going off and it's it's really cool how alive yeah it's crazy like i mean specifically i think of the scene where you know the car <laughs> yeah, is like crazy. driving along the rails like, and like tearing it up and they're shooting their smoke grenades and <laughs> and then, the, you know, the car deviates because she, like, shoots the th- track and it goes and crashes. And then the big tank train, like, shoots the thing over. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, she does this really awesome, like, uh, the Dola, the pirate captain, like, ro- does this really awesome, like, combat roll. <laughs> she, like, rolls out of the wreckage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, yeah, again, to your point, I think one of the strongest aspects of this are the characters. The characters are, they don't go through like a big emotional change i mean sheeta probably is the one who goes through that change but you can kind of see like the changes she goes through are kind of written in her from the beginning so it's not like a surprising change um yeah and it's it's patsu right like he like goes through like a a shift but it's not really like he just kind of like he's like now's the time i need to you know like stand by like yeah. my decisions basically you know or like what i deem like noble right. in a sense you know he kind of and it it used a bit of an antiqui antiquated term he right. kind of mans yeah. up you know what i mean you know that's a so, i think something that's in a lot of studio ghibli movies is that uh for a child coming into the adult world and grappling with you know adult problems for the first time and seeing how they kind of grow mm-hmm. into what they will grow into. Not, not really a tangent, but I will say like, I've noticed a lot of studio Ghibli movies are like themed around much younger protagonists and their kind of journey into seeing what mm-hmm. it's like being uh, an adult or tackling like more adult themes, but just in a much different way because, you know, they come from this different background or, you know, Prince Mononoke, especially, completely different background. Yeah. Um, you have Spirited Away. She had no idea, like, mm-hmm. this kind of world existed. You know, all, you know, even, like, in stuff like Ponyo, you have um, Sosuke coming up and, like, you know, taking helm and, like, taking yeah. charge of, you know, the house when his yeah. mom's gone and, you know, he gets the little <laughs> boat enchanted. Like, you know, like, they all kind of, like, tackle these weirdly, like, adult, like, you know these more mature themes but um it's it's always weird to see it like it would weird in a good way in an interesting way to see it through these different lenses and how they yeah grow so. and yeah so i think you know the characters are all really good and we'll kind of go uh beat by beat with some of the characters here in a minute but I, you know for me yeah. the most i don't know you know magnifying or the magnetic part of this movie is of course the namesake so lapita the castle in the sky and i think for me it really ticks a lot of boxes it's you know a the uncovering and exploration i've always loved that i mean 
big reason why I loved, you know, Indiana Jones as a kid. You know, they're finding these old things that have, that did at one time have these like great meanings, but don't so much now. And it has, you know, you get to see kind of the seat of power in the world, but no longer. And it's all overgrown. I mean, you see that in the, the robots and the ruins of this place and how grand it used to be. And that combined with, yeah, just that overgrown nature. I mean, I, I can't talk about like how inspiring Mm -hmm. that is. Like that is just amazing to me. I was talking to Jack before we recorded and there's this part where they, this is kind of a shallow looking pool and they look down into it and you just see like stories and stories of doorways and walkways that are all buried in this, you know, water and how like the technology, like these robots are like incredibly destructive, but they've kind of just, they're acting as like caretakers and like gardeners now. And it's just, I, I mean, I can't speak enough to it. I think it's just incredible. And it's still how, even despite yeah, like, I mean, the- how much time has passed, this place still has incredible like destructive potential and you don't even it was it's not even at like full power in quotes you know what i mean like it's old and broken down but still no yeah i mean it has all these like you know like they try to blast open like get to the core with like dynamite Mm -hmm. like it doesn't do anything to it and like these old like ancient robots i mean i was watching it with ellie and she was like all about the robots um you know they're like they can not only like be like super like defensive and like defend whatever they're, they're trying to protect, but they can also fly and they shoot oh, these yeah, like beams, beams so cool, and man. like it's there's that part. It's, it's a really, where the so first cool. robot awakens from the stone and it like got her and they're mm. like on top of the tower and it like shoots a beam and you see the beam like <laughs> go across the landscape and it has like that delayed explosion where it like lights up the ground and it's like, and it like blows up some clock tower and you're like yeah, it's because she tries like, to like get what to in stop the world and... like what is this thing like they like close the doors mm-hmm. and it melts the doors and crumbs crawls through they like shoot those huge like explosives at it but just kind of dents it like in your yeah it's um, great one of the coolest parts is when it's he's she's up there with Muska, which I think we've mentioned Muska, but we'll we'll get to more detail. But he's up there with the mm-hmm. the general and Sheeta, and it looks up and like you know beeps a bit and shoots a line like right between them, yeah. and like it yeah. separates that wooden bridge. In the, <laughs> and the and it looks like just again all the animation like in all these parts is so well done. It's really visually yeah. appealing. It's just it's cool. All right, so Jack, give me what do you think of uh, Potsu, kind of our main protagonist, and I would say really like the, I guess like the audience surrogate, like the person who like the audience I think first connects. So I mean, you see Sheeta first technically, but I think Potsu is kind of how you're introduced to the world, and kind of how you're introduced, I guess, to like what is common. And it's only by him meeting Sheeta that he's kind of thrown into, you know, it's the... Did you ever see... Okay, sorry. This is a tangent. Did you ever see that Polygon video about the story of Kingdom Hearts, like, trying to break it down? <laughs> the hero's journey? No? Okay, you, you no, should see that. Because he, like, tries to do the hero's journey, you know, through the the, the mythos. 
for the Kingdom Hearts games, and he keeps having mm-hmm. to loop around because Kingdom Hearts just has a bonker story. Anyways, but yeah, so you know, yeah, this is kind we'll of how uh, Patsu, you know, is given his task, his hero's journey. So, what do you think of Patsu? So Patsu is like a really in, like likable character because like you see it in the very beginning. Like, he he's a hard worker, but he also like really there's, like people yelling outside my apartment. He's a hardworking character, but he's also like super sweet and nice. And you can just like in the in his mannerisms, like you can immediately tell hard worker, nice guy mm-hmm. wants to do the right thing. You know what I mean? Immediately right off the bat. And so, I mean, it's it's funny how he's trying to tell his his boss man. Yeah, that, you know, there's a good girl up there, but they're just having to fix this, you know, mining generator, whatever, you know, and you kind of learn a bit mm-hmm. about his backstory. Uh, he's like, yeah, like my dad, like actually took a picture of yeah. Laputa and you know, I have it here. My, my goal in life is to try to prove this to people that this was like, this was, is a real thing. It's not just like made up or yeah. like a legend, you know? Um, I really like Patsu. I thought the English voice actor um, did a good job, though I thought he sounded way older than Ponzu mm-hmm. looked. <laughs> um, but definitely um, really good character. I mean, it's kind of hard not to yeah. like him, honestly. So Ponzu, uh voiced by James Vanderbeek in the version I think most people are familiar with. Yeah, and I agree. I, you know, I like Ponzu a lot, uh, but at the same time, like, I think he's kind of just there to, you know, pull the story along. I mean, the story kind of follows his perspective and Sheeta's. But I I don't think ultimately, like, for me, Sheeta's the more interesting character. Because you get a little bit more on her. What I do mm-hmm. like about, you know, Patsu is kind of the area that he's grown up in, which is this mining town. And I love, again, going into the world design, how... These people, you know, they're kind of downtrodden. And they do mention that if they don't can't mine anything from these like vast kind of like ravine cliffs, that they won't be they'll, they'll starve. And so it's kind of, it's a little dark, you know. Um, <laughs> the movie it never is, like so really plays into a lot of grim outcomes. There are some heavy things that happen, but like never anything grim. You know, definitely like a and then maybe this doesn't sound good but it's a very child-friendly movie like it's not you know a little kid's not gonna watch this and be like oh no (laughs) like it's you know i think everything's appropriate for Mm -hmm. that so i'll go ahead and start with sheeta here voiced by uh anna paquin and sheeta i think is really interesting i mean the movie starts with her and i you know I like her right away because you see that when Muska's like teleport or he's like sitting a telegraph that she hits him on the head with the bottle and then she just <laughs> falls off the thing, which is kind of horrifying. And then, you know, the crystal helps her float, which is, I mean, to talk mm-hmm. about the crystal making her float, I really like that because it's kind of plays into this idea of like, so she is a princess of the old, like Lapita Royal line. And it would kind of make sense that royalty would carry around these crystals because it's like, oh, hey, say somebody tries to toss them over the edge of their flying city. Oh, well, this crystal will help them float. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. And I really like how she has, it seems almost like these blood ties to this crystal 
and then to controlling the robots because as she like utters that phrase in the you know the lapita language that's when the robot awakes and it hasn't awoken before and so i think mm-hmm. all of that stuff is really good and i mean her journey i think is great i mean the moment where she kind of confronts uh colonel muska and Muska like shoots at her and he shoots the hair off and you know it's kind of the traditional like oh hey you're not a kid anymore you have you know got to cut off your hair and <laughs> yeah it's 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 kind of funny like it it is mm-hmm. very like sentimental but it is funny how he just shoots off her yeah ponytails <laughs> like it is kind of funny but it also is like it is kind of showing just that part where she's yeah. growing up and you know she's it's it's kind of been or it's hinted at in a couple like i think a single flashback that her grandmother gave her the crystal and i guess at this point it's kind of a lot to her grandmother's teachings and stories that she when she gets to Lapita and kind of realizes his destructive potential she realizes why people left and are now living on the ground I mean, and that through like Colonel Muska as well, like she's like, they, you know, we can't have this type of power, you know, we. Yeah. I mean, you even have characters like Uncle Palm, who is basically just like this hermit who lives underground. Um, He even tells her like these crystals, like while they're very powerful, the mankind lost the ability to harness them and actually use them a long time ago because of their destructive power that they have. And so, you know, be careful with how you use this because you have power in this crystal. It's like you need to be careful. So, yeah, great. So, Jack, what about Captain Dola, voiced by Cloris Leachman? Captain Dola is like a really good character. Um, (laughs) I do like how she kind of plays, you know, she's Mm -hmm. a great pirate, but then also, like, you can see that she's also like a good mentor, I feel like. And there, initially when I watched it, I was like, she's kind of pretty willing to accept, you know, Patsu and Cheetah, like, just into their right. their ranks, you know. But then at the same time, I do think the pirate part of her is, like, yeah. we can use them. But then the, the caring mentor part of her is, like, but, it, like, also, like, they're children, so, like, they can't help but, yeah. like, what's happening right now. You know what I mean? And so I like how you can see the, the is it dichotomy mm-hmm. when they're two sides? Yeah. Right, you can see like the dichotomy in her character there, and I think that's that's a a good way to like give depth to characters. And so I think, you know, she's probably like one of my favorite yeah. characters in the movie. No, I definitely agree. I it again another inspiration for me. I mean, as somebody who grew up really liking kind of the cool, moody, you know, anti heroes, Vincent Valentine, Cloud, you know, I. Having a character oh, like Vincent. Captain Dola who is so likable and like has, you know, like I just think she is really great. And yeah, I like how you said, like, you know, she does kind of willingly seem to help Patsu get, you know, the Sheeta back from the fortress. But at the same time, she is getting Sheeta back because mm-hmm. she wants the crystal because they think that treasure is in Laputa, which there is treasure in Laputa. And, it uh, is. Yeah, because it it's is. over that time when they're trying to they're searching for Lapita that I think she softens to them. And, you know, specifically with her husband, who's like the mechanic of the ship. Mm-hmm, definitely. He's kind of like always down there. Like, and Patsu's yeah. like, yeah, Patsu goes down to help him. And 
Like it's he kind of like immediately likes Patsu because he's like, oh, like I can't reach this. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I got it, I got it, I got this, you know. And he hasn't had like any help before, and so she can kind of see like they're useful. But like he does like tell them. I think at one point, yeah, she's like listening yeah. to their conversation. How they're like like Patsu and she are saying how they're not going to be pirates after mm-hmm. like they they just want to go home yeah. after this is all done. You know, and you can, and she's like listening because mm-hmm. they're up in this crow's nest. And really good so, moment. Yeah, you know, it's like emergencies, but yeah, and so you can kind of like see that as well. When she's like, at first, she's like, "Oh, they're gonna escape." And then she's like, she just keeps yeah. listening. It's like, no, <laughs> like they're just they're talking. Like yeah. they're, they're they're children. I you mean, know, so and then everyone <laughs> on the ship's listening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so many great moments. There's a good moment where she is playing chess with her husband, and they're talking about what they're gonna do with the kids and. You know, her husband's a super soft-spoken, and, like, it's kind of just this family of pirates, because I believe all of, like, the pirates are her sons, so, like, yeah, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, she is kind of, has a lot of gravity around her character, and getting to and from places, and I, you know, I think up there with, like, Colonel Muska, who we'll talk about next, I think she's definitely, like, one of the best parts of the movie. So... Colonel mm-hmm, Muska, who's also part of the Lapita Royal line that you find out at the very end, voiced by Mark Hamill. I think his character, he does play a very traditional kind of evil character where he's always evil. I mean, there's kind of a hint that he might not be, yeah. but really when he's being nice, it's to just kind of take trouble off his shoulders. Like he's never being nice for somebody's benefit. I mean, it's for his benefit. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, like, the way Mark Hamill yeah. is voice acting, uh, he has a mm-hmm. really good tone in his voice. And so, even when he's trying to be, yeah. quote-unquote, nice, you're like, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, he always like seems this. to be calm and in control. Him and his, like, almost men in black group of people who seem to be above the military as well. Because mm-hmm. he's kind of controlling the military. It's all really good. Uh, yeah, I... You know, I think ultimately it's a, not disappointing, but yeah, he kind of does fill that role because at the end, he, when they break into like the crystal room of Lapita, he's all upset because there are these like long grass that's grown there. And my favorite moment with him is when he's trying to read the inscription and he's like sweating and there's little flies are buzzing by his face and he's like, get away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there's, like, the grass and he's like, these yeah. bullets are everywhere. And, you like, know, he's he, like, like, trying to get through to the core yeah. and... But I also think it's It's helpful that he is kind of one-sided because you can kind of see this type of person. This is why everybody's living on the ground now, you know? Yeah, it's not just... He's not this kind of in-between character. He's like, he's the bad guy you don't want this power to fall into the the hands of. You know what I mean? And so you immediately see... There's no like, oh, it can be used for good. But like, yeah, but... Look what look what can also be right. used for. You know what I mean. And so you immediately just see like exactly why people left in the first mm-hmm. place, like you said. So it's it's just like overwhelming power, and he immediately goes he like does, power yeah. crazy too. And he's like, "Oh, hello, Colonel!" <laughs> like, yeah, the floor opens up, and everyone yeah, he... like starts falling. You know, like thousands yeah. of feet into the water, and oh, they're trying to escape. Yeah, oh, since the robots after them, and they just like dive bomb into the ship, and like it's like hundreds, if not thousands, of military right. personnel just die. You know, just like these basically basically innocent yeah. people just kind of you all know, die. Just 
you know, right. And I think of a hand. this is a good point to talk about too. how you will, you know, you, the Lapita or Lapita of course is, you know, in the sky and it's floating and it's powered by this crystal, but I don't think, yeah, oh, I don't it? think you, you don't understand why you say it's a other than riches, why people want to get to it until the end. And until he's at that panel in that kind of room with the black cubes and it's this almost alien future mm-hmm. technology that extends these giant things out and has like this death beam, basically, you know, like the Yamato cannon from Star Yeah, it is kind of like, like it's just like, except like maybe times a hundred, <laughs> this like nuclear bomb of a power that it can just launch down. And how does, you know, how is anybody supposed to fight against it? You know, at that point, he activates all the robots yeah. and yeah. Because me. I would say so like surrounding the entire, you know, castle in the sky is like basically this, you know, this hurricane that can be turned on and off by the people who like wield the power of the crystal. And so like, you know, when they're going into when, uh, because at this point, what's his name? Muska has the crystal. And so he basically just turns off the storm and they're able to get in. But, you know, since, um, Patsu and Sheeta and the pirates don't have that crystal. They have to suffer through this hurricane and these storms and these winds going both ways, you know, that have like prevented people from getting to this castle yeah, for so long. At that point, they're getting attacked by the Goliath and they're on the little crow's nest thing and the rope snaps. And so, like, Sheeta and Patsu go mm-hmm. through this crazy storm. Talk about how horrifying that uh, would be. I mean, that is my favorite moment in the story when they break the storm and it goes quiet. And they kind of drift down and have a soft crash. Mm-hmm. And you get to see the city for the first time. And they're overjoyed. And Patsu like spins Sheeta around. And they almost like topple off the edge of the, <laughs> the edge. And they're tied together with a rope. And yeah, I was I mean, like, even, oh, well. I think that's what's so great about this movie is all, like you mentioned, all those small animation details. Like they're tied together with the rope. And, you mm-hmm. know, what Patsu or Sheeta can't get it. And so they have to help each other. And they can't get it. And so, you know, Patsy just picks up Sheeta and he like carries her. And that's when the robot comes up and, you know, they think the yeah. robot's greeting them, but really the robot goes over and lifts the, their little glider off of a bird's nest. And that's when they kind of see that this, yeah. you know, one of the last robots is just, I don't know, keeping the area like he's protecting the life that exists now, you know, like the people have moved on. So mm-hmm. And then, you know, the great moment where they go into and they see the huge tree and there are those big panels and you see all the other robots that are kind of dead now against the, against the tree. Yeah. They've kind of become one with like this giant tree that's growing. And there's like, as far as I know, there's like just Mm -hmm. this one robot still walking around kind of like tending to things basically, you know? And so they're kind of like, oh, like, yeah, it's kind of sad that he's alone then. I think it's Sheila who's like, well, he's, he's not alone. Like he has all, like he has everyone that he's protecting Mm -hmm. up in here. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, it's kind of, that's definitely my, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think even, even if you don't necessarily like, like the movie, the animation, this movie is stellar. It's so good. Yeah. I'm just going to say it again. Yeah, definitely. My favorite part of the movie is when they first get to the castle in the sky. And so from, Mm-hmm. After Muska, you know, you have uh, General Mauro, or Mauro, which is the bald guy. 
uh, voiced by Jim Cummings, uh, Uncle Palm. You know, you have a bunch of other kind of small characters. Is there any other characters? I mean, I think a lot of these other characters kind of just fill side roles and you know fill out the cast. Yeah, I mean, you have a like like what's the name? What was the gen- the general's name? Yeah, like General Mauro, Like he's <laughs> like he's like a typical yeah, like, kind of military general guy. You know, like that's kind of who he is. Un- Uncle Palm's kind of like the. Yeah. He's kind of like this hermit who kind of knows a bit more than like he mm-hmm. lets on, but like he's not like this all seeing eye. He's just kind of like he's this old guy, you know. And then you have a bunch of like side characters in the mine uh, village and stuff like that. So, but like it's there, there is that weird part where she just starts like she and Potsy start working for the pirates, and all of her sons are kind of like, oh, yeah, she just so beautiful. And I'm like, like she does like a young girl, and so like it is yeah. weird. Um, even if like it's supposed to be comedic, like it's kind of like it's not really that mm-hmm. funny. Even it's just kind of weird, and I don't know if it's down to translation or what. But like, even in the English version, it's still kind of like, hmm, you know, like they make it a lot more like playful. But it's there's still a weird vibe to it. So I will say that's like the one yeah. weird thing in the movie that I think it's definitely aged a lot. That can yeah. that can show its age. And you know, um. And, like, that kind of theme, like, really isn't in any other Studio Ghibli yeah. movie. You know what I mean? So, like, it's, it's an interesting little thing. Like, nothing ever happens, obviously. Well, to not but, uh, take a big know. tangent, but, you know, that, the, like, the, I don't even say, I don't, in, in Castle of the Sky, it's not, like, a uh, sexualization or anything like that of Sheeta necessarily it's definitely getting close to like the border there because they think she's really pretty and they've you know they're not used to having another like woman around but the thing is is she's not a woman like she's a girl like you know like and I think anime in general Mm -hmm. and especially not not all anime of course because I mean you guys have been listening to the show I love I love anime not all anime. I Hashtag love anime. Not but, all anime. You know, there is a lot of anime that is uses sexuality as something funny and like as fan service. And the older I've got, you yeah, know, the older I've the gotten, it it's just not as good. Like it's just like okay, like I don't care. Yeah, the less I'm like, the less I want to see that, and that's kind of more of like it used to be kind of like, yeah. you know, whatever. But now, like, if I see like in an anime or whatever, I mean. I'm just like I didn't. I just don't want to watch it. It's kind of like a. It's like a very yeah. Cheap and I mean, feeling. You know, what it's I mean? funny because even in other shows, so like Gurren Lagann, like the uh, the girl with the rifle, like she's Gurren like over sexualized all the time, and it's just like okay, like I get it. It's like do you just like drawing boobs? Like you know what I mean? Like I, and then. You know, but yeah. then there are some the same you know the same uh, studio that did a uh, Gurren and also did Kill a Kill, which is all about like clothes, sentient clothes, and uh, you know I think they kind of turn that trope on its head a little bit, but they still play into it. You know, so it nowhere I think Castle in the Sky is nowhere near yeah. as bad as some of those, I mean, like, but yeah, it definitely yeah. is a little borderline weird where everybody's no, trying yeah. to help her and <laughs> and I mean, like, and I joke here, yeah. I mean, like, that is kind of the funny part where he's like, oh, I'm, I'm here to, like, help you, like, cook or whatever. And then he's like, oh, there's, like... <laughs> Everyone's already in there, yeah. Everyone else is in here already doing stuff, you know? Like, it, it is kind of funny. But it's, like, like that, that the trope of, like, you know, like, oh, like this this character has big boobs. And that's, like, yeah. that's what's funny about it, you know? Like, 
like it, I guess like yeah, you can make a joke, but like then it's like it's when it becomes reliant, yeah. it's like all right, it's enough. Like a, a famous anime that is like almost turns it on its head as well is um High School of the Dead. That's another. <laughs> yeah, High School of the Dead just yeah it, that it one's goes ridiculous. <laughs> oh wait, so over the top that it it becomes like parody. Yeah. So I mean, we got away from it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say Castle Anyways. in the Sky really treads too deeply in that territory but yeah as jack said like it no you know that is something that's a little weird it's just kind of like okay yeah viewing with modernized it's weird um but i mean it's 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 a product of his time so i mean you know um so i that kind of covers anyways most of the general overview (laughs) of castle in the sky um i do Mm -hmm. have a little bit more i want to talk about like specifically how it uh, inspired me and what I'm writing now. But Jack, do you have anything you kind of want to add yeah, before sure. I jump into that? I mean, I want to say like this, like if this is your first like Studio Ghibli movie watching or like your first experience, it's like a really good movie to get into with because it's it's not necessarily that deep. Um, you can watch it one run through and be like, that was right. like, that was a good movie. You know what I mean? Like I lie like this and this and it was cool, but like you can watch it multiple times and pick up on little details and kind of like pick at the yeah. lore for lack of a better word, you know, more like you're able to actually like discover more, the more, like the more times you watch it. And so it's, it's very, it's very well done. The English yeah, dub definitely. is perfectly fine. I actually haven't listened to mm-hmm. it in Japanese, but I'm sure the Japanese version is yeah. just fine as well. Um, like I said, the most appealing thing about this movie to me is just the animation and the mystery around Laputa and just the characters are also yeah. super likable too. So very, very good yeah. studio Ghibli movie. I yeah. So, say. I mean, I think you kind of brought up something for me too, Jackie. You know, I think the world of this story, I mean, in the, uh, you don't get that much of it. Like you don't get the names of kingdoms. You don't get, you know, timelines or time frames. You kind of just have a lot of general things. And I think a lot of that would be overwhelming, but you have such like such a strong cast of characters that pull you through. And so ultimately, even if it kind of goes over your head when they like start getting a little bit more deep into stuff, which I never think they really do, but the characters are always there to pull you along I mean, when, you know, Muska activates the, I don't know, the weird spire things that shoot down the huge beam. And then Patu's oh, like crawling yeah. up the robot He's, tube. The ring forms. And he like pulls and- off his boots to get barefoot. <laughs> mm-hmm. and like, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, that, so you that, have. so good. And yeah, so you have all these moments the that they really show you something crazy. Like, oh man, these robots are coming out of this chute. And then it's like, oh, but Patu's going to run up it because yeah i mean why why he needs to get back so you know they they always kind of pull you back with everything that's so fantastic they do show you characters dealing with it the same with the black cubes they have military guys who are like confused and like getting you know tossed around by these black cubes and you have a floor disappearing and (laughs) oh yeah he put it's it's crazy how musca like just like Mm is like everyone's dead like oh yeah i'm gonna move this and those guys are like trying to climb to get out just like fall through the deaths, you know, and everyone else just like <laughs> falls into the ocean. And it's like, there are so many like just good parts in this movie. I, I just want to say again real quick, the part where he's like, 
he like moves those yeah. bricks underneath uh, the yeah. Captain Dolan or Dola, and is like, "Hey, like, here's a knife. I'm gonna go get shot. Yeah. See you later." You know, but meantime, he's like oh, getting grenades yeah, chucked at him, being shot at, and that kind yeah. of stuff. You know, like the yeah, the animation in this movie parts. is fantastic. I mean, I know we've said that so many times. But like, yeah, it, and I, you know, so of course, good. I I'm not an animator, so I can't speak to how it was done but all i can say is that it it is definitely like a trademark of studio ghibli and like the talent that's working there i mean such small details is like you know they give patsu the the, i don't know the grenade launcher and how he has the individual shells and they show him loading it in you can just by the visual language you can see okay i understand how this works you know, he pulls out the old shell, he puts in the other shell, he has, you know, the shells in his teeth, and he's, like, running mm-hmm. through the hallways, and... Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a part where he even, like, tries to shoot yeah. it, it clicks, and he goes, oh, yeah, like, unloads it, takes it's like, one up, puts a new one in. That wasn't you know, necessary to sad. do, but it's so good, like, because that's what would happen. Like, if you were in a situation, you would think, like, oh, hey, let me do it. Yeah. But, oh, no, wait, he needs to take out the old shell first. <laughs> yeah. So, I think, Jack... I'll really quickly dive into kind of a very specific aspect of the book I'm writing and how uh, Castle in the Sky like really inspired me. So I've mentioned... I'd love to hear it. The viewers, the listeners like to hear it too. Yes. I've mentioned before how I really (laughs) love the setting of this movie and this kind of world that's evolving that used to have a grand past but is now moving in a different direction and you know time has passed since whenever this power was available and it was so crazy Mm -hmm. watching this movie now and thinking to the book i'm writing because in the book i'm writing there are these vast cities we're talking like the cities the size of like states Mm -hmm. we have here in the you know u.s so a city the size of oklahoma i mean Granted, I mean, anybody who has, you know, driven across, I don't know, one of the, like the flyover states or, you know, driven and you see there's a lot of wilderness, like imagine all of that, but taken up by cities, you know, two hours of just driving through like vast cities and, and the whole idea in my, in the, in the book I'm writing is that at one time, these cities, they weren't built, but they grew. And there are these mysterious sources of power called cores that, power everything and everything has you know fits together in a specific way and everything has a use but the people that live within these cities now don't really understand it or know how to use it and so they kind of are living in the shadow of something you know greater than them but it doesn't matter to them anymore because that's part Mm -hmm. of the old world and you know in just describing that i can definitely see how castle in the sky inspired that i mean you have, you know, these great structures and these old technologies, but nobody really knows how they work. And when you get a hint of how they work, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, like what was the old world like? Like, what did it look like when all of these cities were flying around? Like, did they have vast wars where like, you know, between flying cities? Like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like, yeah, that's like the assumption you kind of get is that like, there must've been some kind of basically mm-hmm. great war that ended like the age of like the flying yeah. you know, cities. And that's always really stuck out to me. And something that's definitely echoed in the in the book I'm writing. And so I think 
I just had to give it a call out because especially my rewatch of this movie, I couldn't not think of that and I couldn't not ignore that as something that was, you know, just, I think really, like really stood out to yeah. me. So. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely something about like this world war one era, like aesthetic along with like this weird, like powerful technology. I mean, like, like you said in the very beginning credits, you see like these giant mm-hmm. land masses, you know, like these huge propellers and they're like, but like, then you kind of go underneath like all the grass and you see like, it's just mm-hmm. like machinery and that kind of stuff. You know, it's like, it's, it's basically like a, like a big, like biodome yeah. almost like its own, like, you know, like you said, like states yeah. just in the air. And like, that's a really cool, yeah, you know, idea in, I mean, you never really learn what makes those gouges in the land, other than maybe it's just all the mining. But maybe right. one of those big things. And I think, into the well, or maybe it's know. just so it's like it's kind of cool. There's so yeah, much or you know, maybe it's like world. the scars like of an old battle. You know what I mean? Like you don't know. Mm, yeah. And I think that for me is what when I rewatch this movie, I like notice more and more of those details. And you notice how, like, there are so many of these huge ravines, how people seem to, like, live within the cliffs. And it's like, okay, well, maybe these places, when they Mm -hmm. were established, were safe from being targeted by cities flying overhead. You know what I mean? So it's just, it it all was very inspiring to me. And so when I was, you know, talking about Jack about what to do an episode over, I really wanted to do Castle in the Sky as the first Studio Ghibli he did because I... Yeah, I think it'd be fun to do do more of these, definitely. And, like, would love mm-hmm. to get you guys' feedback yeah. on doing more of these. Well, Jack, I think that's... Go ahead. And I mean, ahead. like... Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, like, I think that Studio Ghibli is, like, just, like, a wonderful, like, studio, like a studio, yeah. obviously. Um, uh, I don't know his full name, but Miyazaki, like, the isn't mm-hmm. he usually the director? I think he's directed... I think he's he's most of them. There are a couple that are done by other people. Could but be wrong. Yeah, or most of them. Most of the ones people would like. Yeah. Think of. Um. If, again, if you guys haven't watched them, highly recommend watching them. This is just super good movies, and like, unlike some other like anime dubs, like English dubs, you can find on Crunchyroll. The English voice yeah. acting is always like you yeah. know very good. So, um, I mean, try like, do you want to decide on like we won't? It won't be the next podcast, but you, do you want to? Decide right now. We're off the air. Oh, which, which one? Next? Movie well, check. You know, I I know which one I would want to do next. But since I picked Castle in the Sky, is there one that you would like to do next? You know what? Oh, I what think is there is. And can you take a wild guess at which one? Pondio? it is? No. Oh, okay. No. I don't know them. It's um. My neighbor, my neighbor Totoro. Totoro. No, I, you know, I would not have guessed that one. Oh, okay, I have not yeah. seen that one, and I want to see it. So I would like, I want to go in like as yeah. a first time viewer, and just like, you know, really like. Suck That's it definitely all one in. I think Ellie would really like. Is my Mary Kodra. Yeah, because she Ellie actually really. Oh, you know what's funny? So I like this one when I first watched Ponyo in college. I really didn't like it, and I think I had it was going through that phase where anything like sentimental or childish i was like this isn't this isn't important but then when i 
rewatched it I'm years later, this. I I was kind of blown away because the movie is absolutely beautiful, and there's something again. Oh my gosh, yeah. There, I don't know. Studio Ghibli movies are really good at capturing this feeling of something you've never seen before, and that kind of like take your breath away. And like when the whole city like floods, and people are kind of just like. It doesn't seem to have caused like destruction. People are just like on boats and yeah, it's, it's very, like, very surreal, surreal and weird. And everyone's like, "Hey, are you doing yeah. okay?" And You're I, in guy, this absolutely you know, love like, that. And like how you see all the stuff like under the water and I mean, like yeah, yeah. Let, let's, let's save it. Yeah. Let's save it. Let's save it. <laughs> we'll save it for the Ponyo, the Ponyo episode. But I think the next studio give a movie my we will do is uh, my neighbor Totoro. Next episode, who though, knows? I don't know what the Mysteries. next podcast is going to be, so we'll we'll come up with the topic, and you guys will yeah. enjoy it and share well, it with Jack, your friends. You, oh Charlie, gosh. yeah, I, 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 yeah, I will round us out here. Do you want to add anything, or yeah, I was like, if, wanna, if you could round us out, I I think I'm done. I just want to say thank you guys for listening. I hope hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, it was a fun one to do. Definitely, <laughs> feel like doing homework. Had to watch yeah. the movie. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Raconteur Collection all about Castle in the Sky. Raconteur Collection Caution is a podcast about everything Caution. and nothing. If you would like to suggest a topic, I mean, get a hold of us through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, through email at raconteurcollection, gmail.com, and suggest a topic. I mean, we are pretty open to suggesting oh, yeah. a lot of things. And if you really like what we do here and you're like, man, I want these guys to be able to do an even better podcast, check out the Patreon. You can look us there right now. All of the cheers are really support. And I think some of them are about suggesting episodes. But if that is something you're interested in, of course, it's not required. But check it out there. Of course, also look forward to the Tales of Ephemera, a podcast about stories from all different types of worlds and chapters and beyond beyond. and chapters, my podcast all about writing. And as always, you know, have a good night, have a good morning and have a good drive to work, have a good time doing the dishes, whatever it is you're doing right now. Yeah. I'm talking to you. Have a good time at work. work. Have a good time. Just escaping from this reality that we all find ourselves in. And thank you so much for joining us, everybody. All right. We're fading out to the music. Taking us. Oh! Getting out to the music. Goodbye. <laughs>